the bitcoins. Where's the bitcoins? Send me the bitcoins. <laughs> Sorry. We got all the bitcoins. needs not one that. Oh, yeah. So you go to my ATM and you put in your address and you get the bitcoins. Yeah. But, um, Corey, congratulations on. on being correct. Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast. This show is intended for information purposes only, but we're not experts. We're just two guys within the Bitcoin community. Bitcoin is an experiment in the separation of money and state. You'll be surprised how many will support that. And adoption is the only thing that matters. We're fucking, we're fucking recording right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 19th episode of the Bitcoin Podcast. I'm your first host, Marcello. And I'm host number two, D. And Corey, bringing up the rear. And uh, first things first, fellas, tell us uh, about your crypto class. I believe you're in week three. We are. It's going pretty smooth. I have 100s across the board. I feel like a genius. Yeah, buddy. Looks like we're tied. Um, Everything they have so far. This is going to come down to who took the quiz the least amount of times because I'm getting perfect scores no matter what. Oh, then, yeah. I guess that makes sense. You guys know everything so far, and nothing's uh, throwing a curveball. No, there's no curveball. I've definitely learned a lot. Um, All right, so tell us what you learned. No shit, I can't just spit it out like that. Let me pull out my notes. I took notes because I'm that guy. I don't know the specific. I mean, I guess I understood how everything worked uh, at a surface level, but I didn't know the capabilities of what was built into the programming code that is the Bitcoin programming language, the scripts that are built in, what's what's what it's possible of, what things that they have that really aren't using yet, or what could be built in, and so uh, that was really interesting to see what limitations it may have in the future or. I mean, it was built very simply on purpose so that you only had a certain amount of things you could do, which is a good thing. But See, so we're uh, taking this class for two separate reasons, I believe. <laughs> Why are you taking it? Well, I want to know about it, but I want to know about it from a standpoint where I could explain it to somebody and make the difficult shit sound easy. And that's why I'm taking the class. Like, I want to know... like. I don't know if your average person is going to want to know about the script language, but, you know, what I know it can no, do with the script language. Huh? That's what I personally found interesting. I mean, as, as an educator, you, in my opinion, you need to know everything about a subject in order to teach it and no. teach it well. You can't Because you need everything. to adapt what you say to the people you talk to. And if the people you talk to are technical people, but they don't know anything about Bitcoin, you need to know specifics on how to talk to them. If, they, if they're, you know, everyday person who doesn't know anything about computers, you want to tell them about Bitcoin, you don't tell, say anything about that. You talk about the, you know, how easy it is and how it makes your life easier. It depends on who you're talking to on what you say to them. And I think you need to know as much as you can in order to broaden your ability to discuss with everyone. And that's what this course does. It gives you everything you need to know 
to understand Bitcoin and what it's capable of. But the you know, do you want to tell people like on the surface what Bitcoin is and then let them go down the rabbit hole themselves, or do you really want to explain all the difficult shit to people? I want to be able to answer questions if they have technical questions. Like, oh, what about this? This can't work that way. Well, it's like, well, it's work, it works this way. Or I don't want to say, oh, I don't know. That is a good question. Your problem with Bitcoin could be legitimate. I want to say, no, your problem with Bitcoin is wrong because of this. Or yeah. I understand why you think that, but actually you're thinking about it wrong because of this. I don't want to be a dickhead about it. Has anyone asked you a question that tripped you up in the past? In the beginning, probably, I can, th- I can probably imagine it because I hadn't, I hadn't dug enough to really learn about it. Yeah. Um, one question that tripped me up when I first learned about Bitcoin, like two, three years ago, three years ago, was uh, what the algorithm was for, like what the computers were doing, what the miners were doing. And it used to trip me up. And now when I tell people it's so anticlimactic for them, they're like, but what are they doing? And I say, well, they're playing a game. And the first person to win gets the Bitcoin and that's it. And they're like, well, what is the math doing, though? What is it doing? You can you can arrange that in a different way to make it sound like they're they're competing to have the, the ability to write the transactions on the blockchain or something. That makes it where they're playing a game for money. In, in an essence, they are, but there's a reason for them doing it. And it, that's what makes the whole thing work. Yeah, but then they go into like, well, can I mine? Is it easy to mine? And I'm like, oh my goodness, now we're going down this road again. No, you probably shouldn't mine Bitcoin at this point. And they're... I don't know. It just gets weird when they start asking about what the miners do. So well, let's, let's let's take some time at some point. Not this podcast, but me and you get together and talk about how we talk to people about this. Okay. Because it's it's, it's clearly the obvious thing that people want to talk about. Because you talk about a currency, and then you, they they figure out that there's these things called miners. And if we can't explain that to them in a good way, they're gonna be like, "Well, that's just stupid and weird, and I don't really want to learn about it because it doesn't make any sense if people are playing a game with my money." If that's the way they think about it. What? Okay. Uh, so I guess to summarize, you guys are you guys have A's in the class. You guys are knocking out oh, of the yeah. park. Oh yeah. yeah. The class. Okay, so I I personally think the class is easy in terms of a a class. It, you essentially can have an A if you watch the videos and paid attention. That's all there is to it. I'm you sure, like some you just some advanced classes are going to come out the woodwork in the future. I mean, I, t- I talked to Mark about this. He says they talk at a high level. I mean, they're they're all intelligent people. These guys are you know PhDs at prestigious schools, so they 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 talk like they're PhDs at prestigious schools, and so it may be difficult to follow, but the the material that they're covering isn't that difficult once you get adjusted to the way that they talk about things. And the questioning is easy as well. On the quizzes, yeah. it's just like um, you can read the slides they put up, and the slides are very simple. Yeah, I mean it's not a tough class, but it is very informative, and I think in the end, when it's over, when it's over, I don't know why that song just popped in my head. That's weird, but anyways, when it's over, <laughs> I know a lot about uh, Bitcoin, and I'll know how to explain it a little bit better to people who are curious. So, all right. Well, we'll check in week after week. See you guys' progress. Um, 
there's two things I wanted to talk about. Um, and this is in connection with things that we've talked about in earlier episodes. Uh, so episode 14, we had Saffron, who I guess is a revolutionary and accepted Bitcoin in like the adult industry. Well, um, Naughty America, I think we've all heard of Naughty America. I have not. Please fill me in. You're a liar. You've heard of it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> they are once again accepting Bitcoin. So uh, apparently they accepted it a year ago and then they took it down. And if you are one of those weirdos that doesn't know Naughty America, they have like 45 websites in their network. And they accept payment through uh, BitPay. Uh, the interesting thing is, is uh, one month's subscription in the currency is $29.95, 20% higher than Not America's credit card option. So annually, Bitcoin users would pay over $48 more than those paying via card. So why is that? Um, because NetTeller and Naughty America are both fucking idiots. Yeah, it's discouraging people from from using it essentially yeah definitely yeah they don't know what they're doing and if they were using bitcoin correctly it'd be less but since they don't know what they're doing then they charge people more it's it's dumb it's they're just dumb and you know what who's paying for porn who's doing that old people i don't know i don't i don't know I, I, I try, porn. I, no i try to imagine situations where people would do it and i can't like i can only think of People paying for porn when they're paying for people doing like cam sites, when they can see an immediate reaction to someone receiving the money they're giving them, and then they feel like they're a part of the process. I just That's don't. the only way I can see people paying for it because it's stupid. Well, in my opinion, if you do, you're stupid. I'm sorry. You're stupid. I, I, I think I want to do it just to see what it feels like. Never pay no. for porn ever. <laughs> I'm sure I did when I was little and I bought like a Hustler or something like that. But I mean, wait, that was, pause. How did you buy a Hustler when you were little? How does that work? I'm sure I found some scheme to do it in some weird way because, and it was more about doing it than it was actually having it. Because I was like, oh, I bought a Hustler. I'm young and I can do it. Oh my God. But I mean, there's, there's no novelty to this. Wait, so you hey, mistered? For a hustler magazine, I don't know. I don't. Th- I don't remember doing that. I'm just. I, I'm. Have I ever done this since they? I don't know. I don't see you going up to a dude and be like, "Hey, Mister, can you no, I've buy me some Mr. porn?" I've never hit Mister for porn. Although I wish I would have. <laughs> he so hustled, hustled for a hustler. <laughs> Hustling for a hustler. Um, That'd be a good story to have in your pocket. Sorry, so or just to, a pitiful one. To answer your question, Cello, um, NetTeller and Naughty America are dumb um, for what they're doing to Bitcoin with this. I mean, why? I saw something on Reddit, actually, and the guy the guy said uh, NetTeller, or not NetTeller, but Naughty America wrote him back and said, we charge more for Bitcoin because it costs more to transact in Bitcoin. And I was like, what? Am I taking crazy pills? I think I'm taking crazy pills, but... They're just dumb. That's that's it. There's no more to the argument than that. Corey, do you see anything more to the argument than them being fucking retarded? They're doing something wrong. Well, it's a shame because they're like the leader in the industry, so they need to get it right. 
Is there other? Is there like a naughty China and a and a naughty Russia? They have it. I think Bang Brothers is under the Naughty America umbrella. I think. Naughty Canada, Naughty Japan. They got everything. I'm sure they do. It's Naughty Thailand. Largest industries in the in there is. Naughty Germany. How many? Anyways, we're not going down that road. Naughty Antarctica. (laughs) Naughty Antarctica, for the scientists freezing their tails off. If they want to look at some tails. Anyways. Um, All right. Well, second half that I want to talk about that we talked about in our earlier episode was Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson has come out and he has admitted that he doesn't know how Bitcoin works. He just says that he's happy to be in the space. Uh, so Corey's theory was correct. He doesn't know shit. Yup. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean... Yeah, he doesn't know. Why would he need to know anything? He's fucking Mike Tyson. He trains pigeons, and this is only after he used to bludgeon people to giving up on their humanity in a boxing ring. So why would he know anything about Bitcoin? That would be funnier if, like, a year from now, he's doing public uh, speeches at conferences about Bitcoin. He said he's intrigued. Bitcoin. That'd be hot. I would love to go to that. The transactions, <laughs> the Bitcoin. How, does anybody have a good Mike Tyson accent? I don't think I have one. Yours was pretty good. It was you, much better than one you I didn't had. Have a, you right. didn't have a Vin Diesel impression either, but that didn't stop you. Oh, oh are you kidding me? We don't even call that <laughs> a, a, an impression. That's a bad impression. Where are the Bitcoins? <laughs> Where's the Bitcoins? Send me the Bitcoins. <laughs> Sorry. We got all the Bitcoins. It needs not one that. Oh, yeah, so you go to my ATM, and you put in your address, and you get the Bitcoins. Yeah. But, um, Corey, congratulations on. on being correct. Yeah. You know, I know that that feels good for you deep down, that you were right, that Mike Tyson doesn't know shit about Bitcoin. Just so, so. Just so <laughs> random. Such a random spokesperson. No, it's not. It's, he's, he, he loves money, and he's na- everyone knows who Mike Tyson is. If you walk down the road and see a, a thing that you don't know about, but Mike Tyson's face all over it, you're like, what is this? I need to know about this. Even if you don't know anything about it, you're going to want to know about it because Mike Tyson's face is on it because you think it's hilarious. That's like, uh, I mean, I think it's seriously, but I mean, if, it's, if it gets you into the space, then so be it. I can't wait until five years from now when we're talking to some CEO and we're like, so how'd you get introduced to Bitcoin? You know, what did you stick with it? He's like, well, I was in Las Vegas, you know, gambling a little bit, having some fun. I saw the Mike Tyson Bitcoin ATM, and I didn't know what it was. I had to figure it out. That's going to happen. <laughs> I'm calling it out. <laughs> All right. I hope you're right again. But we need to get into the interview, right? Yeah, let's get into it. Um, so we interviewed Perry Ann Boring, who is the president of the Digital Chamber of Currency. I believe. Oh my god, that's so bad. That's so wrong. Oh, the Chamber of Digital Commerce. <laughs> the there we go. It's a tongue twister. I know, isn't it? A little bit. Uh, so they're partnering up with a company called Guide. Uh, and Guide is a full service public affair consulting company. And they're going to team up and uh, tackle some Bitcoin issues. Uh, so we got the principal of the company. Miss Erica Pierce, and she's going to talk to us a little bit about the partnership 
and what they're going to do on uh, Government Hill, changing lives. Interview. Boom. Here it is. We, we had uh, Perry Ann Boring on the show uh, last month, and she left media and the government for Bitcoin. And what's interesting with you, and I think I can go ahead and say this on record, is we're a little bit more excited to have you, is that you uh, stayed in government while embracing innovation. So could you tell us just a little bit about how you were first introduced to Bitcoin and what made it stick for you? Sure. Uh, so, um, so just to correct you, so I, I don't work for government. Um, I did start off in a government career where I worked on Capitol Hill, um, but I've always been focused, my career has been focused on government relations and public policy, um, and um, especially around innovation and, and technology. And so I actually left um, a in-house government, government relations job to start a firm guide um, that would focus specifically on helping startups that are operating in highly regulated um, industries. And Bitcoin was one of the first ones that we wanted to reach out to um, because all of us have, have um, all my, my two partners and I, we've worked in um, with some fintech firms in the past, and we really believe that Bitcoin is the, the way of the future in terms of digital currency. And so that's how we became... Um, very focused and interested in um, finding ways that we could help um, influence the growth of the um, of the industry. And we recently recently announced that we have a strategic partnership um, with Perian's um, Association, the Chamber of Digital Commerce. So we're very excited about that. And through that partnership, um, we'll be focused specifically on the um, regulatory matters um, that are happening with Bitcoin at the state level. Awesome. And, and how do you think that first order of business will facilitate development within that space? Well, first order of business is really getting a handle of what's happening at the state level. Um, right now, we're seeing, um, you know, a few states start to take action. So we've seen New York, um, you know, was, was first with the BIT license. Um, they went the regulatory route. And then we see um, North Carolina and California um, going the legislative route in terms of putting some rules and some regulations um, and requirements around Bitcoin. So we're, we're, we're first tackling what's happening there. Um, specifically, Perry Ann and I have spent some time in North Carolina um, trying to better understand the bill, um, understand the intent of um, both the um, the legislators who have introduced the bill as well as the, the banking commission who will ultimately um, oversee Bitcoins under the bill. Um, and then what we're doing second is is trying to um, identify other states which seek to also legislate um, or regulate Bitcoins and get in there early and educate them on what Bitcoin is, what it is not, um, and really make sure that the laws that are put into place um, will help the growth of the industry, especially for early stage startups, because when, when lawmakers are making decisions about bills and, and items that they go and issues they don't understand, um, there's a lot of unintended consequences that can happen. And I've been working on, in government relations for 15 years, so I've seen it happen quite a bit. And so <laughs> it, right now, um, while the industry is still in its infancy, I really think the education piece is, is really key um, for both um, lawmakers as well as for consumers. 
So when you're when you're educating these lawmakers and they're making the rules and regulations, um, do you see any of the government roadblocks? Um, do you anticipate them hindering the growth of Bitcoin? Absolutely, I do. <laughs> but I think that's why we have to get in there early. I mean, I think um, New York is, is a good example um, where, you know, you're seeing a lot of um, uh, Bitcoin companies, especially early stage startups, that are pulling out of the state because they simply don't, they, they simply feel the regulations are too harsh um, and, and inappropriate for what their, for their line of business. Um, I've also seen, um, I've also read, I should say, a couple of companies, um, once that I think it cost them $100,000 just to go through the administrative process um, to get a bit license. So, you know, those are things that we need to be very careful um, in looking at in, in terms of working with lawmakers to make them not barriers um, but, you know, we're going to see roadblocks, but you can get around roadblocks. You just have to be able to navigate them. And that's where my firm guide, that's the, that's the type of work that we try to do is really help the startups navigate those, those roadblocks. Um, North Carolina, you know, their, their law certainly has um, a, a couple of um, uh, uh, provisions that, you know, uh, could, could be challenging for the industry, I should say. Um, for instance, they require a minimum net worth of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Well, for you know, again, some early stage start startups, that's just that's not you know that's not possible. Mm-hmm. As well as the, having the um, the surety bond as, as well. And so, um, you know, we're we're trying to again um, work to make these. We, we believe that there should be. I believe there should be laws in place because with Bitcoin specifically, we are talking about money, and so we want to make sure that the consumers are protected. But also, we want to make sure that innovation is also um, allowed to the financial industry. So it's it's kind of trying to, to work both sides at the same time. Absolutely, and and you're right. We are we are dealing with the financial industry, and and how banks work at a core level is, is tied inextricably with the government and you know case in point they will discuss this technology and where to go with it so how do we ensure that they understand the bitcoin movement or the technology and the the currency and try to fit in with it instead of block attack or, or compete with it well, again, I think that's where the education piece comes along. Um, and I think you are starting to see some, um, you know, banks um, start to uh, finally um, see that Bitcoin is not just, <laughs> it's not just like this idea that was floated around, you know, in 2009 and it's going away. And so I, I think you're now seeing um, more and more banks and you're seeing, you know, like Goldman Sachs start to invest and Bitcoin um, technology and blockchain technology. And so I think it's trying to find a way to work together to say, yes, Bitcoins may, um, are probably going to be a disruption <laughs> to the financial, um, you know, uh, industry as we know it. But that doesn't mean that we can't, it can't coexist um, with the other banking institutions that are already here and, and that are known. And then I also think it's up to merchants and retailers um, to also help with the education piece in terms of making Bitcoin um, something that consumers feel and that they trust and that they believe in. And so, you know, I think there's a a lot of stakeholders at play here. But again, I think through proper education, um, you know, we can really make sure this industry can grow and grow in a way that will, um, you know, both protect the the consumer, but also embrace um, the the innovative um, aspect of, of both Bitcoin and blockchain technology. 
So do you think it's hard for, I guess, companies to market to consumers? Because uh, I guess in your professional opinion, do, do you think Bitcoin has, a, has an identity crisis? You know, why or why not? Uh, I would say yes. I, I do think that Bitcoin has a bit of an identity uh, crisis. I mean, I think you can probably put um, you know Bitcoin into three buckets in terms of how people or what people associate it with. You have some people who've never heard of it and who thinks it's just <laughs> something that's going to you know go away. They have no desire to learn more about it. And then you have a second bucket of people who have who have heard of it but they only associate it with things such as money laundering and drug trafficking and, you know, because of the, the Mount Gox and the Silk Roads and all of those pieces that happened are those events that happened very early in the, the, the infancy. And then you have the Bitcoin enthusiasts. Um, and so, you know, who really believe that this, this is um, a, a new way of exchanging and, and dealing with money. And so I think it's really up to that last Group of the enthusiasts um, to really help define what Bitcoin is and what it is not, and to, and to make sure that government doesn't define it, and that those other first two groups, the ones that don't know what it is and don't care, and the ones that only associate it with negative um, events, to make sure that they don't define um, its identity. So I, I do think um, you know Bitcoins, you know, it, it's a little bit almost um, like drones, how most people hear drones, they think of all of the negative aspects that, that happen with war as, oppo- as opposed to commercial drones um, that, you know, we're seeking to, to regulate and, and use here. And so the branding and defining um, anything that's disruptive is, is incredibly important. So I, I do think that the, it is going through an identity crisis, but I think it can get through it. Again, by making sure that um, those the, the enthusiasts and then the startups and the merchants and the banks um, really do do the right level of education to the consumers and, and lawmakers um, to make sure that it's, it's clear what Bitcoin is and the, and the, and that um, it's it's not something that that's going away. It's really the way of the, the, the future in terms of our financial history. So it's just some growing pains. It's just a just an adolescent teenager. Exactly. You know, the Internet took about um, 10 years um, to, to really become something that was accepted. And, you know, when, it, when the Internet first came out, it was supposed to just be for, you know, email communication. So we didn't know that it would be, you know, the way that we do business, the way that um, we shop, you know, commerce, all of these things, money transactions. I mean, we had no idea. And so Bitcoin is still in those early teenage stages where, you know, people aren't so sure about it. But when you really compare it to the Internet, um, you know, it, it's, 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 it's almost sort of the same um, on, on the same uh, scale or timeline. Nice. nice. So have you ever spent Bitcoin at all? Um, I, I just, just a few. Not, I'm not an, av- an avid Bitcoin user. Um, I'll be honest, <laughs> but I do believe it, do believe in it as a as a digital currency going forward. Um, so yeah, I, I, I don't I don't um, have tons of bitcoins. I'm still <laughs> I'm still a little more work of a traditional banker, but um, but I but I do use bitcoins. As long as you have a baby few. steps, yeah, yeah. <laughs> baby, we're trying to get so, just baby steps, like Joe said. Right, 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 right. Awesome. Um, 
So where you stay, is there, is there, have you heard a little buzz about Bitcoin in the area or, or is it still just such a fringe topic that not a lot um, of people are into it? You know, I think it's become less of a fringe topic. You know, I, I, I live in D.C. and so here you have a lot of um, uh, federal regulators that are trying to wrap their heads around Bitcoin um, and, and blockchain technology as well. Um, and so I, I think, you know, they're looking at it from a purely oversight perspective. Um, but I do believe that there is, there has been more focus, um, on it than before. And then I think, you know, the work that groups like the Peri, that Perians, um, the Chamber for Digital Commerce, as well as the Coin Center, all of those groups are really trying to do education, um, and try to be advocates for the industry. I mean, I think they are helping and creating the buzz. Um, you know, about the industry. And then again, as I said, we're seeing, you know, more and more states um, start to look at how they want to legislate and regulate it. We saw um, recently, I think about a month ago, um, the governor of Vermont announced he's putting together a, a work group where he wants to first, before introducing legislation, he wants to gather a work group of stakeholders to get together to better understand, um, you know, Bitcoin, and then talk about how, how it should be legislated or, or regulated. Um, and so that's, to me, that's very positive. I mean, you want to see um, more and more um, states as well as state and federal regulators taking an interest in this and learning more about it before they make decisions that can harm the industry. But I, I think um, you know, there's, there's a lot of buzz um, about it, but I think what's important is making sure it's um, positive buzz and it's not, you know, things such as Ripple Labs and what happened with, you know, yeah. them and FinCEN. I think it's really making sure that um, it's, you know, making it it's a more, making sure that the, the message is that this is a trusted way of transmitting money. And you mentioned uh, blockchain. Um, is there any specific areas of interest that Guide excels at that could help flourish the blockchain technology? Well, I, I think what, what Guide excels and specializes in is, again, helping startups that um, are, are that are highly regulated. And I think um, in helping them deal with government and navigate government. And I think you have some really interesting projects that are happening um, with blockchain technology, even in partnership with government. Um, Connecticut, for example, they're they're doing a, um, a a pilot with a, with a with a startup there that's going to house some of their government survey information on blockchain technology. So I, I think projects like that are, are great, where government is embracing blockchain technology. Um, also, I I know um, a project that um, another state's doing that's going to use blockchain technology to issue birth certificates, um, so that uh, it will help with. Um, um, human trafficking in Bangladesh. And oh, wow. so those are the types of companies that, you know, we would love to, to work with where we, you can bridge, again, innovation and government and to see how they can work together and navigate, you know, through these, these roadblocks as opposed to being, as opposed to government being a, a barrier. So that's, I mean, that, that is the mission of, of, of my company is, um, I think, you know, block, the blockchain technology, they're doing, like I said, they're doing some really, really cool and innovative, um, projects. But I think that that's also a, something that has to be distinguished, um, <laughs> to many, um, who, 
who don't know about Bitcoin and blockchain. It's just that they're, you know, they're, they're not one in the, the saying the blockchain is what's used to transmit the Bitcoin, but you can do a lot of other things um, on blockchain technology besides transmit currency. Absolutely. Uh, good old Andreas says it's the least exciting app. M- money's the least exciting app. <laughs> yeah, um, I agree. I agree. <laughs> so we're going to ask you one last question. It's usually the toughie. Try to trip her up. Yep. <laughs> so, Erica, can you describe Bitcoin in 10 words or less? Uh, Bitcoin is, oh, oh, give me one second. <laughs> the, uh, the exchange of currency in, in a decentralized, under a decentralized system. That's good. Eight, eight that's right under. Yeah, right under. Eight words. Now, now I'm not sure that if I told that to a, you know, a lawmaker that that would mean a whole lot to them. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, uh, the the press release th- that you guys sent out uh, just hit our emails uh, earlier this week. So I appreciate you giving us like first crack at picking your brain. Um, and uh, there's some very exciting things in the pipeline for you guys. So I- I'm really excited for you guys. Oh, we're we're very excited. I mean, um, and and thanks so much for um, reaching out to to me. And and um, you know, again, we we find this to be a very exciting industry. And very excited to be working with the, the chamber um, on on trying to make sure that we can move some of these um, initiatives forward. Thank you. You're definitely doing a great deed for uh, Bitcoin. So keep it up. Thank you. All righty. Have a good day. Okay. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye. All right, everybody. So that was uh, Miss Erica Pierce who kind of uh, told us a little bit about how Guide and the Chamber of Digital Commerce have announced their strategic partnership. Uh, so that's pretty exciting, and we will uh, kind of keep our fingers at the pulse on that and uh, give you any developments as they come. Uh, but I guess the, ne- the next thing that we'll talk about is, uh, I think Corey brought up the fact about, and uh, we talked about this in the interview, is how Bitcoin has an identity crisis. And, you know, Perry Ann, well, I don't know. I, I guess we should say, you know, is it a good identity crisis? Is it one that's going to be ironed out in the future? Um, you know, how do we approach this? Like, is this a disease? Is it a cure? Like, you know, let's dissect it. Dissect her words a little bit. Which part of the identity crisis are you talking about? Like the blockchain versus Bitcoin weird vernacular that's going on? Or are you talking about how everyone thinks Bitcoin is for drugs? Or are you talking about um, Bitcoin not knowing whether it wants to be digital gold or a payments network? Well, the fact that I can name three different crises actually just says a lot. So, <laughs> yeah. Which of the problems do you want to talk about? It's not about, let's talk about the problem. It's, I mean, it, it's, it's hard to say because it is a technology that's capable of doing so many things. A lot of these things, in terms of like what it's going to end up being, isn't going to be an issue because it can probably end up being all of them simultaneously, because it's it's like the infrastructure, it's the backbone to a lot of different technologies. Uh, but in terms of what people think about it, that just comes with exposure. People are always, you know a little weary with new technology because they don't quite understand it and as it becomes more prevalent and easy to use and 
you have a history of use cases with it, then people trust it more. So if we're doing our part, like how do we continue the PR? Like how do we pitch it public relations wise to where people don't think that we do drugs off of strippers butts on the weekend (laughs) with our Bitcoin money? Well, I don't know. (laughs) That's not the answer we need, Dr. Petty. That's not what we need. We don't do that. But the thing is, I don't know. The first question I ask when someone says, isn't that drug money? It's, isn't cash drug money? It's, yeah. When you imagine a drug deal, do you think they're paying with their credit cards? No. I have once. Yeah, when they're buying it from a pharmacy. Yep, yep. you got me. Good, nice. You're quick. You're quick. So how does how does Bitcoin find a new identity if we want to get away from all that? Is it do we just start with educating the masses? I know what we should do. Just start blasting the internet with pictures of us in Bitcoin shirts doing normal people stuff, like you cello playing with your daughters at the park with a Bitcoin shirt on. And you, Corey, playing soccer with a Bitcoin bandana on your head. Mm. And then I'll wear Bitcoin shirts to school and be told to take them off. <laughs> you and then, yeah. That's it. And we can make Bitcoin um, desserts and give them to people. I'm just saying it needs a better, more nice image instead of like, this is the money that fuels the dark internet. I just, I just always get back to uh, the base idea that all currency is simply derived from like a collective understanding of value. You know, anything can and has been a currency. It just requires everyone to agree, even if it is just baking people Bitcoin cookies or being in the park with a T-shirt on. You know, it seems like it's on its way with Bitcoin, evidenced by the fact that we are even having this discussion. So, yeah. I agree with that. I'm going to start just wearing Bitcoin t-shirts, Bitcoin shoes, Bitcoin. I'll take those Bitcoin grocery bags that the hipsters have. You're going to be the overly advertised guy. And you're like, hey, what's Bitcoin? It's like, oh, why do you ask? Oh, because I'm wearing everything Bitcoin. That's right. (laughs) I'm going to go to the NASCAR races with a Bitcoin NASCAR shirt on. All day Bitcoin. All day, every day. We're futurists. You damn skippy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Identity crisis sucks for something that's so brand new. It's basically like looking at a four-year-old and saying, like, get it together, man. Do you know if you're going to cry? Do you know if you're going to sprint and jump? Like, you don't know what you want to do. You've got a crisis going on, you toddler. And that's what Bitcoin is. so young. You know, and we're the only ones that are into it, just nerdy dudes. So, nerdy dudes. I'm cool with that for now. I mean, I'm cool with that for now. Yeah. <laughs> we got to get ladies shopping, though. We, there needs to be like a shop till you drop using Bitcoin 15% discount weekend at uh, Amazon. Gift. Gift. Amazon hates Bitcoin, I think. It's not that they hate it, it's that they have so much going on, that's one thing that they don't care about. 
right now. It's okay. They hated PayPal too. Like when I worked at PayPal a number of years ago, we were trying to get Amazon to implement it, and it was hard. They still don't, right? They don't like. Um, they just don't like outside companies helping with their um, ordering process. Yeah. Well, f them. Well, ultimately, uh, every camp has some of the right ideas, but Bitcoin is still poorly understood by most. You know, it's used for both legitimate and less shadier transactions now. But it has the potential to change everything, and that's what's important. Yeah. I hate how Elon Elon Musk Musk was like, it seems like it could be used for nefarious activities. I was like, who the fuck says nefarious? One. And two, I hate you, Elon, but I really love you because you're awesome. But he He can't hear you. He's in Mars right now. Anyways, new topic. Bitcoin doesn't have an identity crisis. People that use it have the identity crisis. Boom, I said it. Drop the mic. Boom, put a stamp on it. Nice. Um, was there anything in the news that came that was like, no, because really all everyone's been talking about has been the 21 computer that no one knows how to use. It's so funny. They're like, what does it do? I don't get it. It's one mining chip. I don't understand. I think it's going to yeah. be real cool. I think it'll be decent. The marketplace that they have built to allow for microtransactions, I think, is going to be good. It's going to be solid shit, man. Having that many full nodes uh, is really great for decentralization and just the security of the network in general as well. The robustness of it all. Yeah. So as we um, as we approach our twentieth episode, let's just kind of review our last ten episodes. Uh, we had a pretty diverse cast. I think we really grew as a podcast. We had filmmakers, government officials, evangelists, porn stars, CEOs, farmers, uh, overstock. I think we um, I think we did Bitcoin a service these last ten weeks. Direct, direct. Director of Communications. Yeah, we did. Yeah. And, uh, every week. I wish we could get more like audience participation. I want to know what people that listen to us think about us. You know what I mean? How come you guys aren't chiming in? I'm talking to you, Jeffrey. Why aren't you? <laughs> There's bound to be one Jeffrey that watches our show. I hope that you scared him. Yeah, Jeffrey. <laughs> Why aren't you or listens to our show, not watches our show? Why aren't you? Why do I always say watches our show? I say that every time. Anyways, Jeffrey, why aren't you going on the website and talking to us? We want to know. We got resources. You can you can ask questions to us. I mean, we're here. We're right here for you, Jeffrey. We'll lay you down at night. Corey, tuck you in. Yeah, Corey, you want to say something to Jeffrey? I love you, Jeffrey. <laughs> we love you, Jeff. Every week, we do this for you, Jeff. Wait, let's actually read one of the... Um, remember we had somebody on Reddit say, like, great job, guys. Like, you, I, I fucking love you guys. You guys are the best. He's a shit. I love you. Remember that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, wait, there was one dude. 
I think it's in the trash to ask us about investing. Here we go. So, so uh, one guy wrote us. Jesus, what's going on out there? Oh my, your babies are going crazy right now. Neglecting my family for the sake of Bitcoin. We just for you, Jeffrey. Cello's neglecting his daughter just to talk to you, Jeffrey. Uh, someone wrote us in about Bitcoin trading. I can't find the email. But look, we've been doing this for 20 weeks and only one guy wrote in. That's unacceptable. So, I mean, we're here. We're ready. He basically asked if, if there was um, avenues to invest with Bitcoin. And I told him Bitcoin Jam, but that was probably a bad thing to do because nobody really knows if Bitcoin Jam is working or not. But he's going to find out, right, Jeffrey? <laughs> yep. We're running out of steam, guys. We might need to close this one down. We are. <laughs> on this episode. Hey, man, it's been a long week for us. I mean, we do this on the side for you, Jeff. And, uh, yeah, I think we run out of comments. So let's do the thing. Let's, run, let's wind it down. Um, at the BTC podcast on Twitter. Feel free to tweet to us, and we will tweet back with treats. Tweet treats. Uh, TheBitcoinPodcast.com. Subscribe to the newsletter to get newsletters at an un- annoying rate, so we're not going to annoy you with newsletters. Ask Dr. Petty about bacon. He'll answer it. Yep. Special thanks to uh, Erica Pierce for joining us, and um, shout out to uh, our buddy Mark for uh, joining us next week on the Drunk episode. And we're starting a Twitter campaign, and we'd like everyone who hears this show to tweet Gavin so he can get on the show, so we can talk to him about uh, how many miners we would need to successfully cook bacon with the heat from the miners. I will talk. I will answer this. Maybe tomorrow. No, you're not going to answer it anymore. You lost your rights. <laughs> Gavin, Gavin's going to answer it. So you guys tweet Gavin at the BTC podcast to get on the show so we can talk to him about bacon and Bitcoin. Hashtag tweet Gavin. There we go. I like that. Hashtag tweet Gavin. Let's start it up. You have to say it like Marcello did. Otherwise it doesn't count. Sorry. Let me, let me get that out of shot. Hashtag tweet Gavin. Perfect. Play the outro. Boom. Oh.